Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of What is a Podcast? The podcast that doesn't know what it's doing and is actually a complete failure. And um, yeah, should probably stop, but it's not going to. Um, but yeah, this is What is a Podcast? The podcast where I talk about whatever I feel like talking about and then I review a podcast at the end. Um, And we're going to kick things off with state of the podcast, um, because I do post these podcasts on YouTube. If you do not watch on YouTube, I'm pretty sure like the majority of my views come from YouTube just because it's algorithm based. And that's kind of like what I want to talk about. But I'm considering filming the podcast because right now it's just the audio over a over a picture And then I just go from there because I don't like film in front of a camera. I just film or record the audio. So I I don't have anything to put over the audio except for like a picture. So I was I'm strongly considering like filming the podcast because that way I can like play with the thumbnails and feel more ethical about it. Because right now, like I put a picture and I put the video and it's out there, but I don't mess with the thumbnails to like show what I'm actually talking about of course what I talk about is like in the title and all that but as far as like the actual what I'm talking about in the thumbnail like pictures or words or anything I tend not to do that just because I feel a little bit clickbaity when I do that like I feel like if I put a whole bunch of pictures you're going to expect like um a video like a proper video you're going to expect like someone talking in front of a camera or whatever, a proper video with like the images that you saw in the thumbnail. And that's not what it is. I could, you know, try a little harder, I guess. But I it takes a lot of effort to do like all those editing things. And like I could like insert images and do a whole bunch of stupid shit. But I'm not going to. That's too much work. I have things to do. And this is just me shooting the shit by myself. Um, so yeah, I'm not gonna do that, but yeah, I've been considering filming it just so that I can mess with the thumbnails and feel a little bit more ethical, not like overly clickbaiting, not, um, you know, deceiving viewers, even though I am talking about what's in the title. I just don't feel like comfortable with that. I'll do it with my other videos. Like when I make regular YouTube videos, I'll put like images of the things I'm talking about all the time. But that's a proper video. This is not a proper video. It's more like an audio file with a picture. Excuse me. I gotta stop recording these like after I eat because like I always burp. And I personally don't have like a problem with burping. I actually kind of like it like when like girls burp. But that's a thing. That's another podcast topic. But yeah, I gotta stop. I always burp. And I know some people are gonna be like, oh, why did he burp? I don't like burps. But I I just burp because I just ate and I'm drinking some chamomile tea to soothe my organs and whatnot. But yeah, that's basically the state of the podcast. Strongly considering filming it. But I guess the beauty of not filming it is that you don't have to be presentable. Like I can come home from work. I can, you know, wear like my sweatpants and my old shirt. And just be comfortable. 
I don't have to look presentable for a camera. I don't have to do any of that. I can just record my voice and it's fine. And I don't have to be presentable at all. You don't know what the fuck I look like right now. I could be horrible. I might not be wearing clothes right now. My shirt could be all the way off. My pants could be all the way off. You would never know. And you will never know. Because I'm. You're, you're just not going to know. You're just going to have to assume that either I'm wearing clothes or I'm not wearing clothes. That's up to you. Do I sound like I'm not wearing clothes? Maybe. That depends on you and your sensibilities. Um, but yeah, that's all really. But speaking of YouTube, as I sip my chamomile tea, um, I've, I feel like I've noticed the algorithm at work with my recent videos. Um, because if you don't know, it's uh, award season. And, you know, I do fashion reviews on my channel. I like to, you know, review the red carpet fashion of whatever award show it is. And usually those do pretty well on my channel. Like, I have 150 subscribers as of today, roughly. And it usually gets, like, anywhere between 200 and 600 views. Which I think is pretty good for a fashion review. Of course... How successful is it if I get 500 views and people don't stick around to subscribe? That's up to you to decide. But so I did that and I had the the Oscars and I did the Grammys. And if I'm looking up my stats right now live, the Grammys fashion review I did got 529 views. And the Oscars review I did has 33 views. As of now, the Grammys and Oscars have both happened. Granted, the Grammys happened before the Oscars, so there's more time to get the views. But I'm telling you, most of those views from the Grammys were within a day and a half of me posting it. Um, and the reason why I, th- I know that the Oscars review didn't do as well is because I posted it late. Like when I do like fashion reviews, usually I just get the red carpet as soon as I can see it. As soon as I can get the images of the red carpet, I look at them. I do the fashion review. I maybe pump up the quality a little bit, do a like slight edits, upload it, and we're good to go. Um, but for the Oscars, I recorded like half of it, and then I had to stop, and then I was tired. By the time I could resume filming and then I decided I'll just finish it tomorrow. And then I did the second half of it the next day and posted it the next day. And at this point, it was probably like 22 hours since the Oscars had ended and it just did not do well um, compared to my other fashion reviews um, because the fashion reviews usually do pretty well on my channel. And I know It's, you know, the algorithm talking, not only the algorithm, but just like the state of the Internet. Like you don't really care about the red carpet two days after the award show. You just don't. You care about the award show's red carpet the day of the award show. You care about the award show's red carpet directly after the award show, maybe spilling into the morning after the award show. But once you get like a day, two days after the award show, it's like, it's almost like if you only care about the views at that point, you shouldn't even post it. If you can't do it, like, at the day of the event, like, even if it's like midnight, like, after the event ends, like, if you can't do it the day of the event, if you were to only care about views, 
then you uh, you wouldn't post it, I think. Like if you were a view-oriented person, you just think, oh, I didn't make it. I just won't make this video at all because it's not going to get views. But, you know, I posted it and I, I in my head, I knew like, yeah, this isn't going to do as well as the other ones. But I still posted it. Um, and yeah, it's going to do what it does in its lifetime. Um, but I like it. And I think like I do the fashion reviews not for the views necessarily, although those do get, you know, good views. I do it because I just think I can make it funny or I think I can make it interesting or I think I can at least pretend that I care about fashion as much as, you know, the fashion police or whatever. Um, so I just try to do those type of things. And I I think some of them are funnier than others. And like my honest to goodness reactions are kind of fun. Um, but yeah, that's why I do it. Just because I think I can make it good. It's not necessarily because they get as many views, but they do get better views on average than a lot of my videos do. So I'm going to keep doing it. But yeah, if you if you're starting out, if you're making videos for the first time and you want to do fashion reviews, get that shit uploaded the day of the event. If it means not watching the event, then so be it. Like if you want to be like the first to upload, you're going to have to do it as soon as you get that red carpet information, you're going to have to edit it however you prefer to edit it. You're going to have to get it upload that day. You can tape the Oscars or whatever awards show and watch it later. But yeah, that's my advice to you. If you care about views, if you want to get known as a fashion reviewer, you can't wait two days. You can't wait a day and a half. You got to do it that day. That's just how it is um, for views anyway. And it's just like, damn, this is how the algorithm works. And the algorithm is not always in your favor. This is how Instagram works. That's how Twitter works to an extent. Like the top people are, you know, playing into the algorithm, whether they know it or not. And that's crazy to me that like an algorithm that you don't technically know how it works. Like only the people who make it in theory know how the algorithm works. But you still play to it to the best of your um, abilities to play to it. And I think that's kind of wild. And I'm going to take a sip of my chamomile tea now. <sighs> I wonder how many people like that. Like, I know, like, I'm dabble in the ASMR world. I don't know how many people like, like, drinking sounds like that. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I also wanted to talk about the Oscars um, just a little bit. Um, because I didn't watch it. I actually watched Roma instead of the Oscars. Roma on Netflix is a Spanish language film um, directed by someone starring Yalitza Aparicio, which I read was she was going to be a teacher and like auditioned or something and became an actress, which, hey, good for her. <clears throat> Excuse me. Again, I ate not too long ago. But yeah, she's... um. A teacher, a trained teacher, not a trained actress. Um, her name is Yalitza Aparicio, I'm pretty sure. Um, and I heard rave reviews about it. It's so good. And I was like, okay, I'll watch it. I didn't watch every Oscar-nominated movie, so I'll watch this movie instead of the Oscars. So I watched Roma, and I thought it was pretty good. I don't even know if it won any awards, but it's deserving of whatever awards it was. Um... And I guess I can do reviews. Um, spoilers are implied. 
Spoilers are implied for my review. But basically, Roma is like a movie that's not really about anything. Like, I can see how people can say Roma is boring because it's not really like, there's no goal ever, really. It's just a person living her life. And yes, serious things happen in her life, but it's not like there's a goal in mind. Like, if you watch, like, a superhero movie, the goal is to beat the bad guy. A romantic comedy movie is, like, the goal is, you know, romance. Uh, A regular comedy movie, the goal is usually, like, hijinks or something. A thriller movie, the goal is the thrills. This was, like, a slice-of-life type of thing. Like, it's like if Napoleon Dynamite was a serious movie. And, you know, there's things that happen, you know, she has this, like friend with benefits boyfriend type of thing she's like um a maid and i i think it really highlights like yalitza's uh an indigenous woman from mexico uh oaxaca i believe and she plays like an indigenous housekeeper and um they speak spanish and the housekeeper she has another housekeeper they speak uh mixtec i'm pretty sure it was a uh, indigenous language they were speaking and the housekeeper the people that they were housekeeping were white and like they were like you know speaking spanish all that stuff but they were white and i think like it highlights like that there are white people in non-european countries and i'm not like trying to like throw shade at anybody or anything like that but like you have like these european people and they were for sure white their last names were like larson and shit like that like those white like european like norway names like those swedish ass names like they were like white people right in mexico but they presumably have lived in mexico for generations they're immigrants or they're the descendants of immigrants to mexico um just like people are descendants of immigrants in america and they're like european mexicans but i guess it's interesting because like i feel like growing up especially in california in the bay area where there are a lot of latinx people um latino latina latinx people there are there's this like oh this person is light-skinned but they are not white they just look white people say i don't you just look white but you're mexican your race is mexican but when you really think about it like race is mexican is not a race technically like you can be an indigenous mexican a native american mexican because mexico is part of the americas you can say like a native american mexican i guess um i think they prefer like indigenous i'm pretty sure but there's like indigenous you know you have your different parts of mexico as well as you know the rest of central and south america as well but you have indigenous you have you know black people asian people um, Carlos Slim, who's Mexican, like the one of the richest people in the world, like a billionaire, he's from Mexico, and he's a Lebanese Mexican. You would never know. Um, he's, yeah, Lebanese Mexican. It's kind of like saying Lebanese American. It's like the same shit. So I guess like the movie like highlights that there are like more than one race in Mexico. And I think that growing up, I wasn't really like expertly conscious of that like you have like mexican no matter what their ancestry might be they're all mexican your race is mexican and yes they are all mexican but it's like your nationality is mexican um you may not think that you're european but maybe you are european 
Um, and I don't know, that might be a problematic thing to say. People might be um, offended by that. But I'm just saying, like, these people were white, and there are white people in Mexico. There are white people everywhere. Um, it said, you know, the white diaspora. You usually don't say diaspora when referring to white people. But these people were white, and they were diasporating. So, yeah. And I was like, there's like, you know, um, a, rev- a revolt that happened in the movie in Roma. Um, and I'm pretty sure that's based on a real life revolt. Like, I forget the name of the actual revolt it was. But this movie takes place in the 70s. So it's like the revolt that was there. And then her boyfriend, Yalitza, Roma's boyfriend, was part of the revolt. It was all a big thing. It was very touching at points. Very um, artistic. The movie's in black and white. So you know it's artistic. Um, I'm going to take a sip of my tea now. <clears throat> and it ends, you know, like regular. Like it ends and then she goes about her life. Just like normal people do. It's a slice of life. And I think like it's a really good movie. It's just not about anything in particular. Other than this one housekeeper's life. Working with, you know, in this house with other people's kids. All that stuff. And I didn't spoil that too much. Um, But I did also see Green Book. And I saw that in theaters, and I know Green Book won Best Picture. And people were mad about that. They're saying Green Book is a white savior movie, blah, 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 whoop, whoop, whoop. Now, I saw Green Book. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry about that. I saw Green Book before I knew any controversy. And I saw Green Book, and it's a good movie, but yes, it is a white savior movie. It's a white savior movie because the white guy literally saves the black guy. The movie Green Book is about a white guy who drives a black guy through the South to protect him. And then the black guy gets in some sicky situations. And then the white guy comes in to save him. And then, you know, the white guy was like pretty racist at first. And then at the end of it is like magically not racist. And the movie is supposed to like end racism or whatever. And yes, it's a white savior movie because the white guy is a savior. I don't blame any of the actors for participating in this movie because you're an actor, you got to get paid. But it definitely is a white savior movie. Now, I also think that just because it's a white savior movie or just because the movie is problematic in a couple of ways does not mean that the movie is bad. Like, yes, you can have a problematic movie. But it's not a bad movie. Like, the acting in Green Book is phenomenal. Like, if you win an Oscar for acting in the movie Green Book, yes, you get that Oscar because the acting is great. And you really feel like you're in those tense moments in, like, the Jim Crow South when black people couldn't, you know, sleep in the same hotels as white people. That's a a real thing that happened, and it feels like it's actually still happening when you're watching the movie. The movie is a good movie. Yes, it's problematic. Yes, it's white savior, but it is a good movie. I understand refusing to watch it because also it was reported to be wildly inaccurate, Um, but it is a good movie. Like, I felt that way about, like, American Sniper as well. Like, people have problems with American Sniper. And I had problems with it, too, because, like, American Sniper goes around calling 
Middle Eastern people, Arab people, savages, like they actually call them savages if you haven't seen that movie. And, you know, that rubs me the wrong way, of course. But it's still like in terms of like filmmaking, in terms of acting, it's a good movie. It's just a problematic movie. And I think also we need to direct that or separate that. That's one set of movies. The good movies that had good intentions, but were problematic or fell flat in some way. But they're still good movies. You don't have to watch them. I'm never probably going to watch American Sniper again. I, I have no use for it. I probably won't watch Green Book again unless it's like 50 years from now. I'm more likely to watch Green Book again than American Sniper. But I only need to see American Sniper one time. But... You have that movie. You have those movies in one category. The good movies that are problematic because of, you know, outside forces. Then you have the movies or the shows with a problematic character or that depict problematic things that are not representative of the actual actor. And like sometimes people say that, you know, this actor was, you know, problematic in this role. But they're an actor. They're playing a character. I remember this happened with Aziz Ansari. Yes, Aziz Ansari had some other shit that happened. But back when Aziz Ansari was doing like season one of Master of None, he was, you know, he said something. And I didn't even personally consider it problematic. But he said something along the lines of like us as Asian, as South Asian, as Indian, we haven't reached the point in the film that black people have reached. And to... In a lot of ways, he's right about that. But some people, and this is a select few, they were taking that quote and applying it to actual Aziz Ansari when he's playing a character. That's not actually Aziz Ansari, that's a character. And I think a movie can depict bad things without being bad, without being problematic. You're depicting a problematic thing because this shit happens in real life. What is a movie, what is a TV show, what is art if it doesn't have some elements of real life that's why we watch a lot of shit because we can relate to it in some way and if we can't relate to it we maybe aspire or think about those things and think about the people who may be in those situations um even like superhero movies and fucking star trek still has you know themes of what happens in real life in it so that's why we watch those things doesn't mean that it's problematic just because it depicts problematic things. That's for sure. Um, but anyway, that's all I want to say. I don't even know who else won any Oscars. I just know Green Book won Best Picture. I don't know who won Best Actor or Best Actress. I know Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper were there. And they were singing and probably looked in love. Because they're probably actually in love. It's like a Troy and Gabriella situation. Um... But anyway, that's not all I wanted to talk about today because we have some big news in the gaming world. And you know me, or you don't know me, but I'm a gamer when it comes to one game and one game only. And that is Pokemon. And today, the day of recording, they released a new Pokemon game called Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield. And I am hype. And I'm going to talk about it for some minutes now. And, you know, they dropped the trailer today at 6 a.m. my time. 6 a.m. Western Pacific Standard Time. Um, So I watched it at 6 a.m. And it was, you know, they were showing a new region. 
based on the UK, it was definitely England. They had London. They had, you know, all the landmarks that you know is England. They had all that. They showed, you know, the artwork. The artwork looked fucking fantastic. The trainers looked fantastic. The player character looked fantastic. It looked like, you know, you could play soccer in the Pokemon game, which is wild. But then they came out with the starters, the starter Pokemon. If you don't know, if you've never played Pokemon, when you begin a Pokemon game, you get to pick one of three Pokemon called your starter Pokemon. There's one fire, one water, one grass. And then they had this fire starter called Score Bunny, which is like a fire bunny, like a fire type rabbit that like is really fast and leaves fire everywhere. And then they had this grass money called Grookey or Grookey. And it's like a grass monkey that can make grass go grow. And then there's Sobble or Sobble, which is like a water lizard that transforms into an invisible water lizard when it's in the water. And I'm like, this shit is tight. I think all of the designs look great. Of course, this is a podcast, so you cannot see the actual designs. You have to look up the designs for yourself because this is a podcast, but they look great. I don't know what I'm going to pick yet because they've only released the pre-evolutions. They haven't released the final evolutions. And usually I don't decide what I want to pick until I see the full evolution, like the beginning, middle, and end. And I don't like stick to one type. I know some people like they only do fire. They only do water. No matter what, they only do water. But if I remember correctly, and I'm going to take a sip now. If I remember correctly, I know I started my Pokemon journey and I've been a lifelong Pokemon fan. I started my Pokemon journey with Squirtle and then I picked Totodile. So I stuck with the water and then I picked Trico. So I went to grass and then I picked Chimchar, went with fire and then fifth gen. I probably I'm, I'm pretty sure I picked Oshawa, went back to the water. Sixth gen, I picked grass. I went with a uh, chespin. Then seventh gen, I went grass again. I picked Rowlet. And now I don't know which um, starter I'm going to pick yet. I have to see all the final evolutions, abilities, you know, moves, typings, things like that. But it looks really good. And it looks like they're probably going to have some type of gimmick, some type of gameplay change, which people are hoping for. But I have to, like, give my opinion as a Pokemon fan. Because there's a lot of Pokemon fans that are my age. They want change. They've been playing like the same formula, you know, go beat gym, beat Elite Four, post-game, whatever. And they want a new formula. And I get that. I really do. But I also don't need them to change anything. Like for me, all I care about is that they make new Pokemon and that they make a new story. Like when they have like the remakes, like I love remakes. Like I love Heart Gold Soul Silver. Um Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire was okay. Fire Red and Leaf Green are legendary. Um, I like the remakes a lot. But what I'm here for is the new Pokemon. Like, I play Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, and I really like those games. But I just want new Pokemon. I want new Pokemon, a new story. It can be the same basic formula where we go beat the gym and then beat the Elite Four and then go from there. But I just like to play to relax like i don't play video games to challenge myself i don't play video games that are hard that doesn't make any sense to me why am i playing a hard video game 
Why would I do that? I want to relax. I don't want to stress myself out because I can't get to the next level or I can't beat the boss. No, I play video games to relax. And Pokemon Let's Go was a good way to relax. Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon did provide a bit of a challenge, which was fine. I don't mind the challenge. I just, that's not why I play it. I play it to, you know, kill time, unwind, relax, do do my thing for like an hour or two while I'm playing Pokemon. Catch some po- Pokemon, battle a gym leader or two, go to bed, masturbate. That's what I like to do. So I don't need them to completely overhaul, although I understand if they do and I'll understand people if they want that, but I'm hyped. It's Pokemon Sword and Shield. But it's based on England, so it's, you know, it's Pokemon Bruv and Chav, as far as I'm concerned. Um, They also, they named it Sword and Shield, but they already have a Sword and Shield Pokemon. So, and it's called Aegislash, or Aegislash, if you are unaware. But they already have a Pokemon that's literally a sword and a shield. So, I wonder if they came up with this idea and were like, fuck, we already have a Pokemon that's a sword and a shield can we really do this and then they just greenlit it anyway but yeah i just i'm i'm hyped for it i also like at first i saw like sword and shield and i was like is this like taking influence from zelda but i don't think it's taking too much influence from zelda at least from what i could hear um and that's all i have to say about that for right now if there's you know new information that drops um ideally i'd like to do a proper youtube video about it but i just wanted to you know shoot the shit i am pretty tired honestly um but we're gonna get this up hopefully by tonight but yeah that's not all i wanted to talk about i want to talk about something that i found out today that i'm not sure if everyone knows about but i was i tweeted the other day i believe it was yesterday I was thinking about passion fruit and I don't know why I was thinking about passion fruit, but I just thought the name passion fruit was really weird. And I was thinking about passion fruit and I tweeted out whoever named the passion fruit probably wanted to fuck the fruit. And that makes sense, right? Like why else would it be passion fruit? What's so passionate about fruit unless you're trying to fuck the fruit? That's that's where my mind goes. Whoever did this just wanted to fuck a fruit. And then I Googled it. I did like some intense Google search. I did some Wikipedia. And I was like, what the fuck is the origin of passion fruit? What's the etymology of passion fruit? Why is it called passion fruit? That doesn't make any sense, right? So I went on and actually the passion is actually the passion of Jesus Christ. What? It actually represents Jesus Christ, like the plant that comes from passion fruit or that the passion fruit comes from a plant that symbolizes Jesus Christ, which means I was all the way off. I thought a guy just wanted to fuck the fruit. But no, they wanted to, you know, be blessed and they called it passion fruit. (sighs) Nice, nice tea that i just had there um but yeah i'm looking at it right now the tendrils represent the whips using the flagellation of christ the petals and sepals represent the 10 faithful apostles excluding peter the denier and judas 
The filaments, the radial filaments, represent the crown of thorns. The ovary represents the holy grail. All these things are representative of Jesus Christ. And I've been to church. I've read some of the Bible. I've never come across the passion fruit in the Bible. Maybe I need to read more closely. Maybe this is common knowledge, but... The first thing I thought when I thought passion fruit is like, this motherfucker wanted to fuck the fruit. And now we eat that shit for breakfast. And it was because some dude wanted to fuck a fruit or a plant. But no, it's about Jesus. So I apologize. I can't be- I just couldn't believe it. I was like, wow. The- I was so off. I thought for sure that someone wanted to fuck a piece of fruit and they called it the passion fruit. And that was the end of it. But no. No, that's not how it is. Um, yeah, I just thought that was fun. But anyway, that's not the only thing I wanted to talk about today. Um, we do have to get into our podcast review to wrap this shit up. But before we do that, I'm going to get into a fake ad that we're doing. Um, and this is going to be for Rachel Ray's dog food. Because Rachel Ray has her own line of dog food. Um, they, again, this is not sponsored. This is completely fabricated. I'm just doing this off the top of my head. I'm going to take another sip of my tea. (sighs) All right. And we're going to talk about Rachel Ray dog food in five, four, three, two, one. Do you have a dog? Do you have multiple dogs? Are those dogs hungry? Do they try to eat your human food when they know they're not human and they know that they are inferior individuals and that humans are superior and they should not be messing with our human food? If that's the case, get Rachel Ray's dog food. Rachel Ray will keep you energetic, hydrated, all those things with her brand new dog food. Yes, there's meat. Yes, there's vegetables. No, we cannot tell you what meat or what kind of vegetables. Just eat it. Just feed it to your dog and let them eat it. We promise you'll love it. If you go to rachelray.com slash food, that's Rachel, R-A-C-H-A-E-L-R-A-Y dot com slash food, you'll get 5% off your first bag of dog food. Once again, that's rachelray.com slash food. All right, that was decent. That wasn't my best, but it wasn't my worst. Um, Yeah, I thought that was pretty good. I actually do use Rachel Ray dog food for both of my dogs, and they both eat it. They both eat that shit up. Um, My dog, who's uh, like two years old or about to be two years old, when he was a puppy, I gave him puppy food, and he wasn't fucking with the puppy food. Gave him Rachel Ray food, he actually fucked with the Rachel Ray food. Um... So yeah, I actually do use that shit. Um, But anyway, we're going to get into the podcast review. And this podcast is going to be The Evening Jones. Now, The Evening Jones is hosted by Bomani Jones. If you know who Bomani Jones is, he does, you know, stuff with ESPN. He's on TV on a show called High Noon. He does some writing every now and again. He has a podcast called The Right Time, which I am a fan of. He's on Twitter at Bomani underscore Jones. And this is someone who I've been, you know, decently a fan of. I follow on Twitter. I watch the show, all that stuff. 
And I listen to the podcast as well. And the podcast is an ESPN podcast, The Right Time. That's not what we're talking about right now. But his ESPN podcast is polished, it's clean, no cuss words. And then the evening Jones, the cuss words are out, is less, you know, produced, less quality. It's basically just a live stream where he answers people's questions and like cusses and does all that stuff that you can't do on ESPN. And it's not as great quality. It's probably like the same quality as what I'm doing right now, um, which is fine. Because I know I'm not working for ESPN, but it was like something that he does on the side. And it's just like something that's really honest and fun and easy. And I was like, you know, I never listened to the Evening Jones. Let me get on this Evening Jones. And I actually really enjoyed it. You know, talk about opinions on pop culture, on music, on, you know, where he lives, where he's from. You know, I think he grew up in Atlanta and Houston, and now he lives in New York. He used to live in Miami. He used to do all those types of things. So, you know, it's just like a knowledgeable person, someone who's older than me, someone who's been to like graduate school and shit like that, who works for ESPN, who has a daily sports talk show, just shooting the breeze, just shooting the breeze with his fans. I wish I could relate. I don't have fans. I don't have anyone who wants to join me on a live stream right now. Um, but if I was going to give the Evening Jones a rating, I would give it like a 7.5 out of 10. It's just like something chill, relax. You know, it's not like a typical podcast, like where you're in the studio. He's probably just at his house. I haven't watched like the actual live stream of the podcast. I just listened to it after the fact. But I assume he's just at his house recording and shit. Um, so I can't give it like a perfect score because it's not like polished or anything like that. But it definitely is good. I definitely do recommend if you just like a simple like question and answer type thing, not serious, no stakes. Um, there are hot takes, maybe opinions you don't agree with, but yeah, it's just a simple question and answer type of thing from someone who's pretty famous and I like it. So yeah, I'll give it like a 7.5 out of 10. Um, but yeah, that is going to wrap up what is a podcast. Um, very happy we've been going consistently since I've rebooted this for a couple of weeks now, maybe even a month now, I think I've done like a month's worth of episodes and they've ranged from like 30 to 40 minutes. So that's a good, um, good slice of meat that we got. Um, but yeah, thank you for watching or listening to what is a podcast. If you listen all the way through, I greatly appreciate it. If you have the ability to rate five stars, rate it five stars. Do not rate one, two, three or four stars. Rate five. If you can comment, then comment. If you can thumbs up, then thumbs up. If you have any suggestions, have a suggestion. If you want to be a guest on the podcast, probably not. But maybe we can make something work. But probably not. Because I record these in the evening and I'm very tired. And probably not. But yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching on YouTube if you are doing that. Um, I am going to sign out now. Um, thank you. Love you. Goodbye.